Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Today I do believe that I have a, a word that's going to not only bless you, but that's going to help you understand uh, why maybe you have been running into closed doors. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we, we, we see people who are, seems to be extremely talented. It seems that in the natural, they have all of the capability, the abilities, the potential to do great things, but they seem to always be running into closed doors. While on the other hand, you see people who, you know, from all, you know, what we can see, they're not as gifted, they're not as talented, but they seem to always find an open door. That everything that they go to, it seems like they're going from one level to another level to another level, and there's no restriction, there's no nothing constraining them, but they keep evolving and they keep you know, breaking doors and accomplishing great and mighty things. Well, others seems like they're constantly hitting a closed door. And, you, and we puzzle by that. We wonder, what, what is it causing one to have these open doors and another to constantly running into closed doors? I was, when we talk about doors, the Bible mentioned doors over 400 times. A door can represent an entrance or it can be an exit. When you came through this building this morning, there was a door, but as you came in the building, that door was an entrance for you. At the end of the service, when we dismiss, as you walking out, that door will become an exit. Doors can also represent a bridge that takes you over. Or it could be a barrier that's preventing you from going over. A door could be an access into that next dimension that God has for you. Or again, it can prevent you from that access. So how, how do we get through those doors? How, how, when you go home today and you try to get into your house, you probably have a key, right, to, 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 to unlock that door. And, and if you don't have a key, I know you can, I mean, today in this day and age, you can have a keypad, but you still need to know the code to put in there to be able to get in the door. Or you may have a, a card that you just swipe and or you can even just use your voice to say, Siri, uh, Alexa, open the door. And the door's open. But there's still a key, some level of key electronic or voice that is needed for that door to open. Uh, today I'm going to give you the key that will help you walk through those doors. A key that I personally have lived 
experience, a key that I, I am so grateful my parents taught me at an early age. Hmm. How to operate in this principle. Operate in, it is a principle, it is a law of the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is a, it operates based on laws, principles. And we must, in order to function in the kingdom, understand how to operate in the law and the principle of the kingdom. Amen? All right. Go with me. Let's go to Mark. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Or if you have an electronic device, type, click, select Mark chapter 6. Um, and let's go to verse 1. This will be our foundational scripture. And, uh, and we're going to get busy. Amen? Mark chapter 6, verse 1. If I can put that on the screen. Thank you. And he went out from thence, and he cometh into his own country, and his disciple followed him. And when the Sabbath was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Whence had this man Whence has this man these things? And what is the wisdom that is given unto this man? And what means such mighty works wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sister here with us? And they were offended in him. Continue. And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. And Jesus, and he could not there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hand upon a few sick folks and healed them. Amen. So here we see Jesus who uh, the son of God, he goes back to his own country, to his kinfolks. And he gets there um, with all intent to do what God has called him to do, to do mighty works as he has done in other places. And of course, he already has a reputation, so people are coming. And, but then we see that uh, we see people coming and start asking and questioning and saying, but isn't this the son of Mary? Isn't this Joseph the carpenter? You know, the, the, the carpenter down around the street there. Isn't this his son? Isn't this his son? There's one thing here that I want you to notice. And first of all, I should have mentioned the message today is, and the key that we're going to discuss today, is honor. Honor the key to open doors. So here we see that they are questioning who is this Jesus. One of the main things, and please write this down, and this is probably my first uh, nugget, is that in, other, in order to walk in honor and understand honor, you must first learn discernment. See, you have to learn to discern. You cannot 
honor what you have not discerned. If you have not discerned the object or the source or the, of, of, your, of whom, to whom you're casting your honor, then you don't know, first of all, who you, if you're casting honor on the right person. Or you may not be casting honor on whom honor is due. Because the Bible tells us to give honor to whom honor is due. Amen? And so in, in, in this passage, we notice that they start questioning who Jesus was, you know, and his ability. And, and really in here, what we're seeing is that they start questioning and lacking honor. Honor, honor. The Webster Dictionary defines honors as great esteem, high respect, homage, reverence, deference, an esteem show to another. Now, if, if that's what honor means, then what does dishonor mean? Because sometimes in order to clearly understand what a word means, it's sometimes good to know what it doesn't mean. Amen? So dishonor is what? Dishonor is the lack of homage, the lack of reverence, the lack of respect. It's taking for granted. Dishonor is taking for granted. It's trivializing the value of someone or something. When you, 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 you just, this is just casual. That's dishonor. And in this case, you may be, but minister, how did they dishonor God when they were just asking? Because you see, faith mm, honors God. Your faith honors God. We see that Jesus said because of their lack of faith, he couldn't do much of anything there. Because their lack of faith dishonored who he was. They start questioning, they just trivialize that he was not the son of God, the savior who could have come to change and transform their lives, but he was just the son of Mary. How often do we trivialize relationship? How often do we trivialize the son, the daughter that you have brought in this world and you fail to realize that that son, that daughter that you just saying casually, that's just my son, that's just my daughter. But he is or she is the answer to the breakthrough that you've been praying for. Yeah, yeah, the grace of God is upon that child, but you're just trivializing it as he's just my son. Mm. How about, <laughs> how about your spouse? You see, oftentimes when we talk about honor and giving honor where honor is due, we typically think about either somebody in authority. In the church, we typically think about the leader of the church. But Honor is not just given to somebody who's in authority or above you. Honor is also given to people who are subordinate to you. You see, when you learn to operate in honor, it gives you, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. It gives you access. You see, 
the lack of honor, the lack of understanding and honoring God with their faith locked and prevented it's not that Jesus did not want to heal, did want to deliver, but their lack of faith, of honor, locked and sealed the faucet, and nothing could flow because of their lack of honor. And the reason why they couldn't give him honor, they failed to discern who he was. It is key that you discern. Who and what you choose to honor will determine the flow of the grace of God on your life. Let me say that again. Who and what you choose to honor will determine the flow of the grace of God in your life. Amen? Noah. The story, I'm reminded of the story of Noah in Genesis chapter 9. So Noah had three sons, uh, Ham, uh, Japhet, and uh, Shem. So uh, Noah got drunk, okay? So Noah, and this, now imagine this. This is Noah, uh, and we all know the story of Noah. Noah, God spoke to Noah. He built the ark, you know, and saved his family. Uh, and so this, in chapter 9, this event is happening after all of that, you know, after the flood and everything. So they're back on solid ground and everything. And I guess Noah just got a little bit tipsy. So he, he just got excited and, you know, just drank a little bit too much. Brother Noah was drunk. So uh, as Noah is drunk and so forth, one of his son, Ham, Step in his tent and notice that Noah was naked. Out of his drunkenness, he must have taken his clothes off. And so he notices that naked. So he stepped out of the tent and go to his brothers and he's like, and he's laughing and he's telling them, man, daddy's over there naked. And his brothers, now watch this. Watch the difference. Again, who you show honor to and how you show it will determine the flow of the grace of God in your life. So his brothers decide, watch this, and you have to understand the culture because in the culture it was not proper to look up on the nakedness of your father. Understand that. So that's a lack of honor. That is total dishonor. So the fact that he, he saw that and he came back and told his brothers, he was showing a total lack of honor. Now, his brothers, on the other end, they decided to say, you know what? We can't let dad just be like that because, ooh, honor covers. So what they decide, ooh, man, that's not even in my notes. Uh, honor covers. So they decided, they said, you know what? We're going to grab, and here's how strategic Honor will cause you to do things in a strategic way. Because watch what they're doing. They decided that we need to go and cover him. But we can't walk in there and see him. Because if we see him, that's dishonor. So they devised that, you know, we're going to grab the clothes and we're going to go back backwards so that we don't have to see it and cover him and cover his nakedness. We see that what follows up later on, because of their action... When Noah came out of his drunkenness, 
Noah then turns and blessed the two and cursed the other. So his lack of honor, his lack of honor caused him to be cursed and not be able to enjoy the grace of God in his life. When, understand this, the person to whom you bestow honor does not have to be perfect. The person to whom you're bestowing honor does not have to be perfect. You see, the, you have to learn. Mm. You have to learn to ignore the weakness of a man in order to get what they carry. Let me say that again. You have to be able to ignore the weakness or weaknesses of a man in order to get what they carry. Because if you are just stuck on that weakness, or on the things that they're not capable of doing or that they're not doing well, then, then you will forfeit all that God has for you. All right. You want another example? I, I've got many. Because the Bible is full of examples of men and women of God who, who operated in honor. And because they operated in honor, they walked into the fullness of the blessings of God. No doors could be shut. Show me a man that constantly walked in dishonor. I will show you a man who fails all the time. Pastor says it this way. He says, show me a man, show me who you honor, and I will show you your future. Because the person to whom you're bestowing honor to could be the access of where God is trying to take you. The person to whom you're bestowing honor to could be that gateway to your promotion on your job. You see, you're talking about your boss all the time and, and talking bad about him in his back, constantly talking about your boss. Oh, he doesn't do this. I'm more qualified than him. I can do this. He doesn't do this. And then there's a conversation that you know none about, and they're discussing your promotion. But because dishonor, now... Oof, Jesus, now the person that God had set to be there speaking for you cannot speak because your dishonor shut him up. And now he's sitting in a room having the power and the ability to say, yes, he deserved that promotion. Yes, she deserved that promotion. But because your lack of honor, he's staying quiet and he's like, so what are you thinking about so-and-so? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they're ready yet. And then you wonder why the door is not opening. It keeps being shut. Are you being blessed? So who you honor is key and is important. Now, no matter how close you are to greatness. Never forget that you are in the presence 
of greatness. No matter how close you are to greatness, never forget that you are in the presence of greatness. And that comes again to that, that understanding of discerning of the wisdom to know who's who in your life. One thing that my parents, I mean, ingrained in me is to learn to value relationship. I value relationships. Because the, the, the thing is, I don't know that the, if the person next to me could be literally the person that God's going to use to take me to another level. Let me tell you a story. Uh, a few years back, I, 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 I really, my family needed a breakthrough. I mean, we needed a breakthrough. And... Uh, and for, for this breakthrough to manifest, I had to go present myself to um, ad- somebody in administration and, and so forth who, uh, who pretty much would have had the power to either say, yay, then we get what we needed, or no, then you're not getting what you needed, which would have negatively impacted my family. So, uh, as, uh, so that door was really key for me for that door to open, right? So watch this. We, my wife and I go and present ourselves to that location, and unbeknownst of me, there was a lady who worked there who actually happened to work for me on my job. Part-time, she worked for me. And when she noticed my paperwork coming through, watch this. She saw my paperwork coming through. She knew when I was supposed to be there, when my appointment was. So she went, before we got there, she went to the person who needed to make the decision. And she said, listen, so-and-so is going to come today. They have an appointment at this time. I need you to give them everything that they're asking. And the reason why I need you to give them everything they're asking Because this man has always treated me right, has always honored me. He is my boss on the other job, but he treats me like somebody. He treats me like even like I'm a peer. He sees me. He does not belittle me. He does not ignore me. And I need you to do this for him, if nothing else, on my name. So... We arrive there, and we're sitting, and I see this lady coming, and she's coming to me and my wife. I'm like, oh, man, I know. And she's like, how you doing? How you doing? And she said, uh, don't worry. Everything will be okay, okay? Everything will be okay. And she leaves. So we're sitting there. We're like, what in the world is she talking about? And she's smiling and so forth. Little did I knew that my destiny helper. My destiny helper was working for me, and I had no idea. See, my destiny helper was coming to work every day, you know, getting instruction for me, from me on what to do and, and how to do things. And, and I will direct, I will correct, I will, you know, assign, reassign, and not realizing that the way I was treating her, the way I was honoring her, will be the key to the answer that I needed 
years later, because it's not that this, I, I knew her six months, and no, she worked for me for years before that day arrived. And I had no idea that my destiny helper was my subordinate. So understand that the way you treat people, value relationship, honor one another. Husband, honor your wife. Wife, honor your husband. Many times there's been oftentimes where, whew, more than I can say, where I could have got in serious trouble if it wasn't for Latrice Kabuya. But, you know, I had to realize, and here's the thing. This is, again, the wisdom, the discernment. I have to realize the difference when she's speaking as my wife and when she's speaking under the grace that God has put on her life. You've got to understand. You've got to, 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 to be keen to that. Because otherwise, you will trivialize the relationship. And you will treat it as casual, where there's the, the, the key to, 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 your, to your breakthrough is right in the hand of the person to whom you just casually dismissing. Amen? Never get into pride and think that if you honor someone else, it makes you less than anything. Because, you see, God has anointed you. God has gifted you. And just because you're giving praise and honor to somebody else doesn't lessen, lessen your shine. See, these parents, 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 please hear me, parents. We've got to learn to teach our children. And this is something my wife and I intentionally do, is to teach our children, one, their own gifting and abilities, so that they are, one, confident in their own gifting ability and what God has called them to do individually. But two, probably even more important than them coming to the realization of their ability is them being comfortable with the ability of their siblings. Mm. You see, if you are comfortable, if they are if Joseph's brothers were comfortable with his ability and his dreams, they would have never sold them into slavery. They would have never sold them. But, but that's not, I don't point the finger at Joseph's brothers. I'm pointing the finger at the parents. Because what, did, what, what culture did they have in the house that caused the siblings to be in rivalry? We must cultivate a culture in our home of honor where the siblings are honoring one another. They're understanding that the light may be shining upon me today, but tomorrow that light can easily sw switch and shine on you. And when it shines on you, I'll be right there by you, supporting you, encouraging you. Okay, it's switched again to the other brother. All right, we all rally around this one and we're supporting this one. That's, last time you were up, that's what you were saying, for example, for, to the ministers. 
is understanding that the light may be shining on me today, but the way you honor me, not because of who I am, but honor me because of the role, the position I am holding. You may see my flaws and say, well, but he, I know this about him. I know that about him. And you're going to let that prevent you from displaying honor? Because that breakthrough that you were praying for God, it may not come from Minister Orphan's mouth. It may come from my mouth. It may not come from Minister Gravney's mouth. So learning how to not allow one's weaknesses to prevent you from displaying honor. Pastor says this also. I keep referring to him because to me, outside of my mom and my dad, I don't know nobody else who's a modern-day example on how honor should be displayed. And I'm not really saying that just but. I've been around him for 28 years, and I've never, never personally, I have never seen him walk in dishonor because he can't afford it. You see, for your sake, for my sake, he can't afford to walk in dishonor. The moment he chooses to walk in dishonor, he is literally, I mean, you could shut down the doors. We're done. Everybody go home. But we've seen Harvest Church constantly going from leaps and bounds. We've seen Harvest Church bust out doors that people thought would never open to Harvest Church. Why all those things happen? Do you think it just happened accidentally? Because we have a man and a woman of God who understand the principle of honor. Do you think he walks into some of the, the places that he walks to or he's invited to some of the places that he's invited to just because his name is Steve Howe? It's because of the honor that you reap what you sow. You sow honor, you reap access. You didn't hear that. You sow honor, you will reap access. Access to open doors. Amen? So, your uniqueness. You have to be comfortable with your uniqueness. And your uniqueness is worthy of admiration when you celebrate others. Your uniqueness is worthy of admiration when you celebrate others. When somebody is constantly celebrating everybody around them and praising them and letting them know how great they are or how they've been blessed by them, then when you, you, you look at, when they stand up before you and talk, you're probably more inclined to listen to them because you know that they have no ulterior motives. They're not jealous. They're not just boastful. They're not there just talking and demeaning everybody around them. But because you have seen them praising, standing by, and honoring others, now it puts you in a position where you're like, you know what? I can listen to them and I can appreciate their uniqueness. Amen? 
Now, honor uh, will cause, as I mentioned earlier, honor will cause your destiny helpers to work on your behalf. So it is important, again, for you to train your children, train your children, train your children, train your children on how to operate in honor. Because as they learn how to operate in honor, the doors, the limitation won't be there for them. When somebody said they can't access that, honor will open the door for them to be able to access it. Amen? So, uh, man, my time is almost up. Jesus, I have so much more to give you all. All right. Um, Jesus. So, who are deserving of honor? One, write this down. God is deserving of honor. 1 Samuel uh, 2, verse 14. Your parents are deserving of your honor. Deuteronomy 5, 16, Ephesians 6, 2. Your spouse is deserving of your honor. 1 Peter 3, 5 to 7. Authorities, people in authority, are deserving of honor. Romans 13, 7. A man or a woman of God is deserving of honor. 1 Thessalonians 5.12, Acts 28.10. Widows are deserving of honor. 1 Timothy 5.3. And all people are deserving of honor. 1 Peter 2.17. So uh, the keys to honors, five keys to honors. One. You must, in order to work in honor, you must have deep regard to the office and the person of that individual. Two, you must learn to celebrate the person openly and sincerely. Three, you must pray for the person to whom you're bestowing honor consistently. Four, you must contribute to improving the life of the person to whom you bestowing honor through service. And five, giving financial, financially or material blessing to the person who you're bestowing honor. I'm going to end by sharing a story, and, and I love, I love the story of Elisha and Elijah. Uh, because when you, you, you think about honor, it's interesting how honor allowed Elijah to walk into a double portion of the anointing, uh, Elijah, to work in a double portion of anointing that, uh, of Elijah. Um, and we, you can read this in your own time, but when we start in, uh, in First King, uh, we see, so in Second King chapter 2, it talks to us about how Elijah, who was serving Elijah, uh, they start walking because Elijah knew that his time to be uh, taken away was coming. And so he goes with his servant and they, they walked and at a certain point he said, you know what, hey, wait for me here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. And um, Elisha is like, no, 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 no. Wherever you go, I go. Now, listen, watch this. Wherever you go, I go because I'm not going to let you go by yourself. So he's like, okay. So they go and then they run into the sons of the prophet. So the sons of the prophet, for you to understand, the sons of the prophet was a specific group of, of um, uh, students who were sitting under prophets and they were being taught. 
And so when you think about the sons of the prophet, if somebody uh, would have succeeded uh, or came after Elijah, it probably would have been somebody who was in the school of prophet, wouldn't you say? Somebody who was studying, who was an understudy in the school of prophet. Because here's the thing, the, the, the sons of the prophet also, they were either sons of other prophet or they were part of the Levitical uh, structure. And, and so they were raised for this. They were, you know, educated for this. But here you have Elisha who was a farmer. Elisha was the son of a farmer. When, Elijah, when God spoke to Elijah to say, go anoint him, Elisha was working for his dad and he was taking care of the field. He actually came and he found him in the field taking care of 12 oxen. And so that tells you the fact that he had, again, understanding the culture of the time, the, the fact that they had 12 oxen, uh, oxen that he had to, to tend the field that he was overseeing, and they said that he, the 12th one was the one that he had his hand on. So that means that the others, somebody else was tending to the other 11, and he was supervising. So he was not poor. He was not poor. He came from a family, a wealthy family. But yet the man of God come and he sees him in the field and he throw his cape over him. And as he throw his cape over him, the Bible tells us that he realized, he came to an understanding because the, the, that significance of throwing the cape was, yes, throwing the mantle, the anointing upon him, but he's also a sign of adoption in that culture. It's a sign of adoption. And so when he did that, revelation came in. He came to a discernment of who this man was. You see? And because he realized, he discerned that this is just not a mere man who's coming here and throwing a cape at me. This is an anointed man. This is a prophet. So he's like, wait, you can't just leave. I need to go say bye to my mama, my daddy. I'm following you. Why? Because he's realizing he came to understanding, revelation, discernment of who he was. But he didn't stop there. He went and took one of the oxen, killed the oxen, and provided him for food to honor the man of God. You see, he didn't just come and say, I need a double portion of the anointing, and he got it. It started before when he honored the man of God, when the man of God came to him. And he chose to follow the man of God, to tend to him, to provide for him, to encourage him, to care for him. And then when, and watch this, this is what honor will do for you. Because when you bestow the honor, then the person to whom you bestow the honor, when the time comes, they will turn and they will ask you, what do you need of me? So Elijah come when it came time to depart. Because watch this. The sons of the prophet are telling him, do you know that your master is about to be taken up? And Elijah said, I know, but be quiet. So the sons of the prophet, they all knew the man of God was going to be taken away. They knew it. None of them asked for a double portion of the anointing. None of them took time to say, let's honor this man of God so that he doesn't live with everything that he got. One man who served him 
who honored him. And when that time came, Elijah, Elijah turned to Elijah and he asked him what he wanted. And he told him, he said, all I want is a double portion of your anointing. And he told him, he said, when you see me depart, if you see me depart, instruction. The person to whom you're bestowing honor will give you instruction. And sometimes there are uncomfortable instructions. But it's how you, you take the instruction. Children, it's how you take the instruction of your parent and what you do with it. It's how you take the instruction of that boss who's literally getting on your last nerve and what you do with it. That instruction will determine the access. It will determine if that gate will open up and if the blessings of God, the grace of God will be bestowed upon you. And we see in this example that Elisha received a double portion. And here's the thing. The moment he received it, all the sons of the prophet could not deny that Elisha had the grace of God in his life. And it was all because of honor. Amen. Wow. What an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.